Hello, darlings. I must tell you right out of the gate that I love you. I absolutely love you. I do love you. Thank you for being here. Uh, welcome to the Harlan Highway Podcast. My name is Harlan Williams, and uh, I'm the guy that loves you. Uh, welcome to the show. What a show we have today. What a nutty show. Uh, we have a gentleman calling in who has a strange diet He's the opposite of a vegetarian. He calls himself a meatitarian. All he eats is meat, an all-meat diet. So we'll be uh, talking to him. Very interesting. And, uh, and then if it couldn't get any stranger, wait until I tell you about the Twisted Bazaar birthday party I went to. It involves a unbelievable mass murderer and one of America's most beloved cultural icons it's it, it's just it's it's like a a collision of the weird at this birthday party and uh, let me just say one word charles manson well that's two but if you squish it together and say it really fast charles manson it's one so you got to hear about this birthday party I, I was at unbelievable strange weird stuff and then we're going to be taking some of the pavement pounder phone calls you guys leave me messages i'm going to play your messages all right here on the harland highway what is this some kind of a joke or something Welcome to the Harland Highway. What you talking about, Willie? Son, you got a panty on your head. Shut up and sit down, you big bald fuck. Oh, God, what's happening here? What's happening? Hey, Harland, it's Shelly. You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. That is fantastic. <laughs> what's wrong with everybody in this crazy place? The Harland Highway. <gasps> What is it? Opening. To what? To another dimension. This is Harlan Williams. You're a bad man. You're a very bad man. That is fantastic. Head Skelter. You know that song? Helter Skelter. You know it? You know it? I think we all know it. I'll turn it down a bit, Raj. Uh, I got the weirdest story. Even I kind of don't believe it. But this this is a odd story that involves Helter Skelter. Um, it's uh, it, it, it involves. We all know Helter Skelter is uh, synonymous with the Charles Manson murders. So here's where I come into the fray. I get invited to a birthday party recently, uh, and it's someone we all know. It's it's a gentleman we all know. He's he's been in all of our living rooms. Uh, he was the host of uh, America's Funniest Videos when it first came out. He was he was one of the uh, the the stars of the show Full House. You know who I mean, Mr. Bob Saget. Bob Saget, who's a buddy of mine, who I've known for many years. Uh, has his birthday party. So it's one of these things where it's somewhere in the hills of Beverly Hills. And uh, I went over there with my buddy Tom Green, MTV's Tom Green. We, uh, we drive over in my car, and when we get to the, uh, to the address, uh, there's, a, there's a driveway. Uh, there's a roadway, a driveway that goes up into the hills, 
and there's a valet there. They've set up a valet, and so we uh, transfer, you know, we give them my car, and we jump in a van. They shuttle us up to this mansion up in the, in the hills of Beverly Hills. And we get in there, and we're like, whoa, look at this place. It's up on a hill with an incredible view of the city. And it's at the end of a cul-de-sac. It's the last house at the end of the cul-de-sac, and it's huge. And we walk in, and it's massive. It's, it's all these rooms and hallways. And, and out in the yard, there's a great big pool. And we're standing in this great big living room, and they're serving drinks. And, of course, somebody chimes in and says, how do you like the house? And I'm like, oh, it's amazing. And they go, yeah, pretty cool, considering this is where the Charles Manson murders happen. And I was like, what? And they go, yeah, this, this is the property. They tore the house down, but this is the property where Sharon Tate and friends were stabbed to death, were killed in this very, in this very piece of land you're standing on is where all those horrific murders happened. And I'm like, but I'm at a Bob Saget birthday party. How could I be? They said, well, this is where it happened. And so the guy that was hosting the party for Bob, I guess had bought the Sharon Tate murder house, the Roman Polanski murder house. Roman Polanski was married to Sharon Tate, who, by the way, was eight months pregnant when she was repeatedly stabbed and murdered in cold blood, and they wrote the word pig on her front door in her blood. And I believe somewhere in the house they wrote the words helter-skelter in blood, which is uh, where the association comes from. Or maybe it was uh, there was another murder that the Mansons did. But one of the two murders, they wrote helter-skelter in human blood. And so now I'm standing in this living room, you know, having drinks, schmoozing with people, other comedians. I'm goofing around with, with Bob Saget. I'm goofing around with John Stamos, the other uh, star of Full House. Comedian Bill Burr is there, Jimmy Kimmel. I'm joking around with Jimmy Kimmel. Norman Lear, the guy who created All in the Family and Mod and all those, the pioneer of the modern sitcom. Jeffrey Ross, Mark Maron. We're all standing around giggling and laughing. And, and in the back of my head, I'm, I'm, I keep visualizing this horrific crime. I'm like, this is so weird. I'm, I'm here celebrating Bob Saget's birthday with all these funny, hilarious people on the very same spot that like five or six people were shot and stabbed to death. And, and my mind's jumping back and forth. It's like I'm watching a tennis game. I'm going from laughing to uh, feeling this weird energy to visualizing to, uh, oh my God. So to give you a little bit of a backstory on, on, the, on the murders that happened in this house, I dug up a little clip and listened to it. And while you're listening to this clip, picture me standing in the very same spot with music playing and birthday cupcakes and beers in our hand and laughing and giggling. And it, you'll see why I was so kind of tormented and weirded out and nothing seemed to make sense. And, and it, was it was creepy and crazy. 
So I'm going to play you this clip and keep in mind that Charles Manson wasn't even physically present when these murders took place, but he sent his followers. He sent like these three or four girls and a couple of guys, and he instructed them to go up and commit these crimes and, and wipe out these people as some kind of a statement. And these, these uh, young, drug-induced, uh, you know, te almost teenagers were, were kind of in, in the Charles Manson trance. And that's why they called it the Charlie Manson cult, because this guy was very charismatic and, and seemed to have a spell over these young, pliable minds. And so these, these people all went up. And you're going to hear the voice of, of uh, one of the girls that was there and uh, participated in the murders. And, and she's going to talk about, uh, you know, how she did it and where she did it. And, and I, was, I was there. I was there where all this went down. Oh, God, have a listen. On the night of August 9th, 1969, at a house on Cielo Drive in Los Angeles, the actress Sharon Tate wife of movie director Roman Polanski and eight months pregnant, was at home with her friends, the hairstylist Jay Sebring, coffee heiress Abigail Folger, and Roman's friend, Wojtek Frakowski. A young man named Stephen Parent was also on the site, visiting the home's caretaker. That night's murders began with some preparations at Spawn Ranch. I was with the children. We were in a trailer. I was with someone else and we were in a trailer and Charlie came and woke me up and he said, get up, I want you to go somewhere. He said, get in the car. And I was in the car with Tex and Linda Kasabian and Susan Atkins and he said, do everything that Tex says. And we were off. Tex Watson went onto the property first. When he came upon Stephen Parent in his car, he shot him four times. We heard gunshots. He came back and told us to come with him. And we followed. Trying to get into the house, he eventually, I think he like went through a window or something, returned to a front door and allowed the rest of us to enter. There was a man that he was dealing with, and I think that was um, Jay Sebring, I believe. Uh, he had him on the floor or something, and he was going to, like, tie him up. And he asked Susan to check the back rooms. And what began to happen is a scuffle started taking place between Tex and um, the man and J.C. Bring. And he, and he shot him. And everyone else at that point obviously was, was getting really frightened and scared. And what eventually took place is that there was an attempt to tie, tie everyone up. And when there was a, an attempt to tie everyone up, eventually um, Abigail Folger started to get herself undone, and she took off. I ran after her with an upraised knife, and we went out through a back door out onto the lawn. And I started stabbing her. I, I, I ran her down, and I began to stab her. I remember her saying, I'm already dead. It was Tex Watson who delivered most of the fatal blows at the house that night. 
we, we, we just, we were so locked in like, it's just like, okay, okay, this must be, this, and we just become more in, in more like a robot, like somehow this must bring it. The scene left behind was grotesque. There was blood everywhere. A rope tied twice around Sharon Tate's neck was looped over a beam and tied around Jay Sebring's neck. Abigail Folger and Wojtek Frykowski lay on the front lawn. Stephen Parent lay dead in his car. And on the front door, in Sharon Tate's blood, was the word pig. Besides being shot and bludgeoned, the victims had been stabbed a total of 102 times. When I got back to the ranch, we got out of the car. Charlie came up and asked everybody how it went. But that was the first time I looked at him and I said, Charlie, they were so young. Oh my God. I mean, can you believe how graphic and grisly and horrible this is? And cut to me. Okay, here's me. Funny guy, Harlan Williams. What is it? 30, 40, 50 years later? I don't know how long it's been. It's been decades. And I'm out standing on the lawn where that, that woman was stabbed to death. I'm standing on the lawn where that man was stabbed to death, and I was in the driveway where the guy was shot in the head, and I was, even though the living room's been, been rebuilt and the house was rebuilt, I, I was in the geographical space standing on the same sacred ground where Sharon Tate, God bless her, God rest her soul, had a double rope wrapped around her neck with a with an eight-month-old baby inside her and was stabbed dozens of times and oh, her name was written on the door they wrote pig on the door in her blood and I'm having oh it was weird it was weird and I, I don't know if everyone else was affected as I was because I you know I, I guess I was so kind of in shock and and in a weird demented way enamored by it because it, it's such a you know, let's face it, the, the Manson murders are like are like cultural cultural roadside attractions. I mean, most of us have grown up hearing about them and, and knowing about them and, and Charles Manson is this 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 evil dark cult like figure who's still alive. I think he's in San Quentin prison up in Northern California near San Francisco. And you know, it's almost like, uh, you know, when you go to visit a, you know, Graceland or a celebrity's house or the, the, the stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame or the footprints at the man's, it, it's like, it's this, this iconic cultural, maybe even pop cultural stuff that you hear about and then suddenly you're, you're standing in it where it happened. And so, uh, you know, everyone knew that walked into the party. I was like, so I guess you've heard about this place. And they're like, no. And I was like, well, this is where the Charles Manson murders happened. Like, you know, suddenly I turned into like the macabre, you know, celebrity tour guide of the homes of the murdered. You know, I, I was everything short of handing out a pamphlet and asking for $25. But I was, you know, I couldn't get it out of my head and... It seemed to me like everyone else just kind of glazed it over, like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, got it. 
Oh, it happened here? Okay. Uh, where's the cupcakes? When, when are we blowing out the candles? And it was a beautiful house. I mean, they rebuilt the house. It's stunning. It's beautiful. The swimming pool has like nine hot tubs in it and a swim-up bar. The guy who hosted the party, obviously very wealthy. He was the guy that, that created Full House. And so he had a lot of Full House money. And on this day, he had a Full House full of comics and celebrities and writers and producers. And a who's who of Hollyweird. But at one time, there was a full house of blood and corpses, too. Oh, oh, And I dare, I almost dare not make light of it because it's so horrific. And so you can, you can imagine the, uh, the kind of weird energy between being with my goofy friends and, and someone that we all know is like Bob Saget, who's like a household name, who, who himself is ingrained in culture, pop culture. Uh, almost probably just as much as Charles Manson is on, on a different level. He's someone, everyone knows his name. Everyone has had him in their living room on their TV. Michelle, what day do I always vacuum the stairs? Every day. That's right, and it was a trick question. I just, you know, I gotta say for the record... They uh, they did not play this song at the uh, at at the party, uh, but in a macabre twist, and I didn't verify this, but I heard through the grapevine that the name of the dog that resided at the house, his name was Charlie. From what I hear, I did not ask the owner if that was a fact, but I I did, and I don't know if that was kind of a tie-in to the house. Or if it was kind of a dark joke or just that there was a random name. But I heard that the beautiful Golden Retriever's name was Charlie. So I don't know. Put yourself in my shoes. There you are, eating shrimp cocktail. Chatting up with Jimmy Kimmel. And, uh, you know, Bob Saget and all, all these funny comedians. Mark Maron, Bill Burr, Tom Green, Jeffrey Ross. Just... Just a fun group of, of people, Seth Green, just all kinds of people and, you know, funny people. And you're, you're trying to have a, a laugh and a giggle and you're, in the back of my head, I'm just like, oh. And I know I'm droning on about it, but I, I was torn. I was really torn. And I never thought I'd be in that house. So there you go. That's my very, very weird and strange helter-skelter birthday party happy birthday bob saget and i guess in the same breath rest in peace sharon tate and all those who were murdered you see what i mean this is just awkward raj take me to a commercial while i get my thoughts together oh my god let's face it there are good kinds of yeast and bad kinds of yeast but bad yeast goes scat with yeastostat burns an itch or a thing of the past and Yeastostat's seven easy step application makes feeling fresh a breeze. I like yeast in my bagel, but not in my muffin. Did you hear the news? Let's have a chat. That yeast goes in with Yeastostat. I'm free. Hello? Hello? Hey, Harlan, you fornicator. Hello? 
Hey, Harland, Shelley. Um, I have a solution for you. Re, what to send men in terms of a flower arrangement, a bonsai. So I, I have utilized it in the past and it worked well. So instead of a bouquet of flowers, you can send them a bonsai. Anyway, that's my advice. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hello. Yo, Harlan. It's your pal, Stevie. This is Blake Flintlock, man, from the EAR Emergency Animal Response. <laughs> he's stupid. Uh, he's stupid funny. <laughs> but he's stupid. Uh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't fucking even listen to shit when I'm out and walking in public because I'm laughing like an idiot. And people are looking at me and say, get, you know, they grab their children. They say, get away from that man. All right, Harlan. Keep it up. Love it. Oh, Stevie, Stevie, Stevie. See, you're doing it right. You're doing the podcast right. You know, there's a right way to get in a car and drive it. There's a right way to put on a seatbelt. There's a right way to use a knife and fork. And there's a right way to use this podcast, and that's to laugh. And to hear that you were walking down the street laughing your head off at the, uh, the segment I did about the gorilla being shot by Blake Flintlock at EAR, Emergency Animal Response. And he shot the gorilla, and he shot many other animals while kind of reenacting presidential assassinations. It makes me happy to know that you were, you were laughing your head off and scaring people around you because you were laughing so hard. That, that's, that's the function of this podcast. It makes me so happy to hear that that I, I make you laugh, and I hope make all of you laugh. That's my main mission here. Part of my main mission is to just have you guys giggling. Does anything feel better than a giggle and a laugh and a out loud chuckle? Well, you're just walking down the street. I think not. So, Stevie, thank you for your call. Shelly, thank you for your call. The fornicator guy, thank you for your call. Hey, Harlan, you fornicator. All of you love to hear from you. And yes, guilty as charged. I have fornicated. Um, haven't we all? Um, if you want to call me and leave a wonderful message, whether it be about bonsai trees or fornication or just to comment on a bit that made you laugh or think or cry... 323-739-4330, the, the message machine plays, uh, rings about five or six times. Don't give up. Hang in there, and it will pick up, and you can leave your message. A song, a story, a comment, a fornication accusation, whatever. You fornicator. It all works for me. So I love hearing from you guys, and maybe your comment or insult or compliment, whatever you have to say, your song, your voice impression, it's your moment to shine and I might put it on the show. Um, and speaking of, of having guests on the show, uh, we have someone now, I don't know how, how well you people guard your nutrition, how, how, uh, how, how much you take care of your health, but uh, we have a gentleman uh, coming up, is he on the line, Raj? Okay, cool. Uh, we've all heard of vegetarians. People who eat an exclusively uh, vegetable diet, and they tout that 
It's the only way to go. It's the healthiest way to healthiest way to go. Well, we have the counter argument to that. We have a gentleman on the line who claims he's a meatitarian, the opposite of a vegetarian. He's a meatitarian, and uh, we're going to have a discussion with him because he feels that that eating just a meat diet is the way to go. It's healthier. It'll give you a longer life. It's better for your system, better for your health, and uh, he's ready to go. Okay, cool. Let's let's patch him through, and we're gonna talk to uh, Tim Tenders. I guess is is it Tenders? T N D E R S. Okay, Roger's telling me Tim Tenders. Uh, he's a meditarian. Patch him in, Rog. Hello, Mister Tenders. Hello, Harlan. How are you? Uh, doing great, sir. Uh, thank you for, uh, participating, uh, today on, uh, on the Harland Highway podcast. A pleasure is all mine, sir. All mine. I gotta tell you, <laughs> I've listened to this show uh, a couple of times. Not a lot, mind you. you know, I'm a busy man, but, uh, the few times I have tuned in, unbelievable. I mean, yeah, j- just unbelievable. I really enjoy, very informative, and, uh, listen to, uh, CNN, uh, MSNBC and the Harlan Highway podcast. Oh, okay. Uh, thank you for that, uh, Tim. Absolutely, you bet. Ten for good, buddy. <laughs> um, so tell us about your your diet that you've come up with. Uh, you, apparently, uh, Roger mentioned to me that you wrote a book. I sure did. Uh, it's called God Made Me Out of Meat, so I'm going to eat meat. And uh, it's about being a meatitarian. Now, this is a new phrase that I created myself. Uh, I eat exclusively an all-meat-based diet. Uh, you know, I'm not a turtle. I'm not a Galapagos tortoise. I'm not a. I'm not a gazelle grazing out in the plains of Africa. I'm a meat eater, man. I mean, we've got canine teeth in our mouths. You know those ones in between your incisors and your, your the, the fangs? The ones that look like vampire teeth, look like dog teeth. They're called canine teeth. Uh, yeah, yeah, we all have canine teeth. Exactamundo, Harlan, and uh, that's because we're meat eaters. Uh, we use those to clamp down on a piece of meat. Uh, I'll put a pork chop in my teeth and just... I'll actually shake it around. You ever see a dog grab a squirrel and shake it around? This is what I do at a restaurant. I enjoy my meat uh, experience so much. I'll, I'll grab a pork chop or a porterhouse steak or, uh, you know, a lamb shank or whatever. Any, time, any cut of meat, I just don't cut off a little piece. I'll put that whole thing in my mouth and shake it around. Ha! Shake that thing around. I get the juices flying. I get the meat sizzling. It's just unbelievable. I love my meat. Wow, you are uh, very uh, enthusiastic about uh, about your meat, sir. And and why is this? Well, you know, you walk around and you see these vegetarians, and they're pale. They look emaciated. They, they to be honest, they look like they're crawling with AIDS. Uh, oh, wait, wait a second now, sir. Well, I'm just calling it what it is, Harlan. I mean. These people look like they'd be hard-pressed to pick up a twig. They're, you know, their veins are popping through their skin. I mean, they make albinos look black. Sir, uh, I don't know if that's the proper uh, language for this. Well, I mean, holy shit, these vegetarians, I mean, it looks like a ghost did a fart, and they're floating down the street like ghost farts. I mean, uh, these fuckers are so pale you can hang them out over the ocean during a heavy fog and use them as lighthouses, for fuck's sake. Sir, if you could t- tone down the language a little bit there. Wow. 
well, I'm just stressing a point, and you know, they get in your face. I mean, they're always having their rallies and their protests, they're getting on TV and trying to tell us meat eaters how we should eat, how we gotta live, what we should put in our bodies. Well, you know what? Go suck a ghost fart. So, sir, please, uh, you know, I, I, I sense the, the passion in your voice here, Tim Tenders, but... Uh, you know, let, let's just dial it back a bit. Everyone has the right to eat what they want. Well, I guess you got me there, but, uh, you know, for me, me. Well, tell us about your diet. What uh, What does your daily intake uh, look like? Well, I wake up in the morning, I, I fry up a half a pound of bacon, all right? And uh, most people have a coffee in the morning. What I do is I get my bacon, I fry it, I take it out of the fry pan, and I pour the hot bacon grease into my coffee mug. Why do you do that, sir? Well, that's my morning hot drink right there. Most people have a tea or a hot coffee. Me, I'm going to guzzle down that bacon grease. That's the best part of the bacon, that grease. What? Wait a minute. You drink the raw bacon grease? Well, it came from the meat. It doesn't matter how it gets in me, whether I drink it or chew it. It's meat, meat, meat. Oh, okay. so you drink... You drink it, isn't that doesn't that scold your 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 throat? Not when you've drank it as much as I have. I'll tell you what, my my oh, my throat is so uh, resistant to, to heat and pain. I could swallow a sword that's just been pulled out of Delta Burke's asshole. Sir, if you could, wow, just dial it back a little. Well, you ask me questions and I answer them. Okay, so for breakfast you have half a pound of bacon. And you drink bacon grease. Uh, what does uh, lunch look like? Well, do you like ham? I, I do like ham, yes. Well, I eat a whole ham for lunch, right down to the bone. I even get down on all fours sometimes, and I'll throw it in the yard and roll it around on the grass and pretend I'm a wolf. Sir, what are, what are you saying? Well, you know, meat brings out the, the primal instincts in people. That's the other thing. You know, if you, if you want to get in touch with your manlyhood, you, you, you know, you grab onto a ham. You throw, you kick it around the yard, even let it get a little dirty, get some gravel and some dirt on it, maybe some grass and some leaves. And just get down on all fours and, you know, kick it and roll it and chase it down like you're a, like you're a wolf hunting a fucking baby deer and then just eat its ass off. So, are you telling me... You roll a ham in your yard and 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 stalk it like a like a like a like a a predator. You bit your blubbery ass cheeks, I do, Williams. I love it. I love it. I'll eat that whole ham out in the garden. If the neighbors look over the fence, I'll fucking bark at them. Uh, okay, sir. What about dinner? Well, dinner's a whole now. Dinner, you gotta romanticize the meat a little, okay? What I do is I like to put some nice soft music on, okay? I, uh, I you know, I light some candles. And uh, most people like to start their uh, evening meal with a nice, uh, you know, tall glass of red or white wine. And what I do is I get a nice simmering just to the point of boiling some gravy. And I, I put some gravy in a wine glass. Wait, wait a minute. Yeah, you heard me, some beef gravy, nice and brown and chunky, maybe even some mushroom chunks in there. And I put it in a wine glass, and I swirl it around, and I put it in my mouth, and I swish it, I spit it back out, and I smell the effervescence, I take in the aroma and all the flavor, just the way a wine taster, a wine, a wine connoisseur does it. I do it with gravy. 
Oh my God! You 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 swish it around in your mouth and then spit it back in the wine glass and then re-drink it. Well, that's what they do with wine, don't they? See, here's what I'm talking about, Mr. Williams. You got all these different sections of people. You got you got your vegetarians, your vegans. You got your wine connoisseurs. And why is it nobody questions their dietary choices? Nobody questions the way they intake their food or their beverages. But the minute I say I drink a nice sizzling cup of bacon grease or I swirl a, a fine vintage glass of gravy around in my mouth and spit it back out and then re-drink it, suddenly I'm some kind of animal. I'm some kind of cannibal, some kind of meat-eating freak. Well, everyone can go suck the fart out of a ghost asshole. Sir, enough with the with the the fart thing with the ghost. And another thing, I'd like to pick up one of those vegetarians and swing them around and see if they whistle because they're so light. All right, sir. I, I, I got to ask, and I think everyone's wondering, is this healthy? Is this healthy? Well, why don't you do me a favor, Mr. Will? You want to talk about healthy? Let's do this. Why don't... Hang on. Hang on one second. Hang on. Hello? Tim? Mr. Mr. Tenders, are you there, sir? Roger, where did he go? Hello? Hang on. Hello? Sir, I, I, where were you? Oh, nothing. I just, just a little thing. I, I, I passed out. I, sorry, I hit the floor there for a minute. I had a little seizure. I've been having trouble breathing lately, and uh, I got an irregular heartbeat, that type of bullshit. <coughs> Let me clear some of the mucus out of my... There we go. Uh, are you okay, sir? Yeah, I'm fine. What the hell are you implying? No, it just—it sounded like you, you uh, did. You hit your head on the floor? Not at all. I do it two, three, four times a day. You know, doctor says my heart isn't running quite as fast as it used to be. But I'll tell you what—you—you you asked me about how healthy it is to have a meat diet. Why don't you try this? Why don't you do me a favor, Mr. Williams, and put the phone up to your chest and let us hear your heartbeat? You know, we'll compare heartbeats, and we'll see who's got the better heartbeat. Uh, okay. Um, I'm assuming you have a regular diet. You mix up your veggies and your meats and your vegetables and your fruits. Yeah, I have a pretty balanced diet. All right, let's hear the heartbeat of someone with a balanced diet. Go ahead, put the phone up to your, to your uh, chest, Mr. Williams. All right, uh, here I go. Uh, let's see here. Put it. Let's see how. Let's see how this sounds. Um, sound. Does it sound all right? Sounds pretty normal to me. Sounds healthy. I, I think I'm not a doctor, but it it sounds pretty good. Yeah, well, <laughs> it sounded like it was running a little hot to me. Uh, now why don't we do this? Why don't I put my phone to my chest and you can hear the heartbeat of a meditarian? Now, ha oh, hang on. Oh, ah, oh, ah, ah. Sir, are you okay? Oh, ah. T Tim? Roger, what's going to... Ah. Oh, God, I'm okay. I just fell down again. My heart's... Uh... Well, I'll tell you what, let's not talk about it. Let me put the phone up to my heart. Sir, did you just fall down again? Just a little seizure. My legs were twitching and my, I couldn't get hold of my... My arms weren't functioning for a second, but I'm back. Uh, okay, um... 
What are you going to do? I'm going to put my, my phone to my chest so you can hear the heartbeat of a meditarian, all right? Y- yes, sir. Let's hear it. <laughs> Hang on. I got some more mucus. Ah, there we go. Cleared that out. Sir, if you could just carry on. All right. I'm putting my phone to my chest. Listen to this heartbeat of mine. Um, s- sir? T- Tim... Tim Tenders? Are, are you there, sir? That that heartbeat sounds a little weak. Hang on, I'm, I'm just going to lay down for a minute. Hang on a sec. What do you mean? He's, he's, he's laying down? Hello? Mr. Tenders? The hell is he? Yeah, all right, I'm back. And every now and then I just got to, you know, power down a little. I give the, give the ticker a little uh, help. So your heart did not sound healthy. Well, look at you, I, the, the Judge Dredd. What are you, the judge, the jury, and the, uh, the executioner all of a sudden? Son of a bitch, huh? Here we go again. This is what, oh, hang on. Oh, 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 oh. oh my God, sir. Tim? Roger, what? Tim Tenders? What? Okay, Roger. What just happened? Just... Why is his phone silent? I don't even hear him breathing anymore. Mr. Tenders, if you can hear me, can you please... Oh, my God. Roger? Oh my! All right, we're gonna let's let's end the show. Let, we're gonna end the show right here, folks. Hope you had a great time today. Uh, oh boy! Uh, let's do a few announcements and and get out of here. Roger, what the fuck, man? Jesus, did that guy just die on us or what? All right. Uh, anyways, uh, hey, thanks for being here today, everybody. Hope you had a, a good time. Tell your friends to get on the Harlan Highway as soon as possible. So they can be hearing this important stuff. Um, if you want to write to me, harlowilliams.com, you can write me an email. I might read it on the show. If you want to leave me a phone message, 323-739-4330. That's 323-739-4330. And uh, leave me a voicemail, and I might put that on the show too. Um, also, while you're at harlowilliams.com, please... Uh, Please, please, please check out our web store. Lots of great merchandise. Uh, look around the site. All kinds of cool stuff. And by all means, become a premium member. Yes, premium members. $20 a year. And you get all kinds of extra free fun. Well, it's not free if you're paying $20. But it's, it's a lot of great extra content that you will not hear on the Harland Highway podcast. It's bonus stuff that I do just for premium members, it's me doing my live stand-up uh, comedy. I have another podcast called Let's Have a Fight. Uh, you get the whole backlog uh, catalog of the Harlan Highway, almost 800 episodes. I mean, it goes on and on, $20 a year. Are you kidding me? So please join up. Uh, you can do that at harlowilliams.com, or you can get the free app in the App Store on your phone. 
That's right. Just go into your app store and type in the Harlan Highway. You get the uh, the app absolutely free. You get the 50 latest episodes of the Harlan Highway for free. And then if you decide to become a premium member, just go on there and it'll show you how to join $20. And you're in the club, man. Um, also, while you're at harlanwilliams.com, check out my stand-up comedy tour schedule. All my new uh, dates have been posted right up to the end of the year in December. So uh, check it out and see if I'm coming to your city or town. And, uh, you know, I'm in Cleveland, Ohio, San Diego, uh, San Jose, uh, Oxnard, uh, Pittsburgh, Denver, Utah. I mean, man, I am motoring all around. So I uh, hope we see you out at uh, one of the clubs in the near future. Uh, so that's all we have time for today. I'm going to go get a great big fat cheeseburger. And uh, we'll catch you next time. And until then, chicken chow mein, baby. Hey, Harlan, you fornicator. 